you're listening to Adulthood Academy. I'm your host, Angela Hatchie. This community is a resource for all those adulthood things many of us were never formally taught. That's all the stuff from learning to handle your finances to navigating different relationships. It's all in here. I've spent years working to figure out adulthood, feeling like I was shooed out into the world wholly underprepared. Since then, I've gotten myself out of debt and prepared myself financially for my future, learned to cook and bake pretty good stuff, and learned to start saying important things out loud in all kinds of relationships. There is far more ahead to learn than there is behind, and that's what I'm here for, to foster this community of perpetual go-getters who are working to fulfill their potential in every facet of life. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get in there. What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Adulthood Academy. It's fantastic to have you here. It's been a little while, hasn't it? I went camping um, in between this episode and the last episode, which was fantastic. I think I learned that as an adult person, maybe I don't love camping as much as I thought I did. I love being outside. I like going on adventures. I like going on hikes. But as an adult, like as a kid, when you go camping, you don't have to do anything. Like my niece was there and I was like, this looks amazing for her. She gets to sleep in. She doesn't have to make the fire in the morning. She doesn't have to go grocery shopping ahead of time, play in meals, cook the meals. None of that concerns her. <laughs> and so like camping as a kid was fantastic because it was like, you're sleeping outside. You get to have treats, like all kinds of stuff. And as an adult, you're like, well, I'm the adult in the room and now I have to do all these things. <laughs> so I think like going forward, I think I'm like off camping for a while and I'd rather stay in a cabin, Airbnb or something and just relax, have a bed to sleep in and just go out during the day on adventures and call it a day. You know, I think I'm getting too close to 30 to really love camping. Um, but it was nice not having any service, so that was fantastic. I feel like right now I'm at an inflection point in my business where I'm making this move to working with business owners rather than individual people, and I tweaked my services a little bit, and I'm working on my messaging. And right before I left to go camping, I had uh, a call with somebody uh, to help me with my messaging and trying to say what I really wanted to say with my content. And it was amazing. And then I was like, okay, great. I'm going camping for a couple of days. I won't have service. And I really feel like I need to do some good, deep thinking. So the camping trip was great for that because I didn't have service. There was no distractions. And I was just kind of sitting there thinking about how I want to show up in my business. And I'm coming back now feeling refreshed. I feel like I have this new outlook on running my business, on showing up on social media. And I'm sure if you're a business owner or even just like a regular person, <laughs> Being on social media, for me anyway, is like so draining sometimes because it feels like you have to show up and have like the perfect opinions and you have to have the perfect photos and you have to have the perfect caption all the time. And there's now, I think, a culture where if you have the air quotes, incorrect opinion, or you say something kind of like off the cuff, like every one of your words is dissected. And so people have just stopped giving their opinion or having conversations about things because even from watching like a TikTok, a 60 second video, a 30 second video on Instagram, or just looking through somebody's social media, you think that you know that person. And it doesn't leave the very 
big room that we need because everybody's like multi-dimensional people and everybody's nuanced and you can have different opinions than other people and still get along. I can agree with some people on something. I can disagree with some people on something and we can still like have a coffee and laugh about something and find some common ground. But that element of social media gets, that element I think of life gets so lost in social media because you're like, well, I saw their 30 second TikTok video or reel on Instagram and now I know exactly who that person is and all of the opinions they hold and who they are at their core. And you don't have to have now a conversation with anybody anybody that you disagree with and actually work to understand one another. Now you can just like unfollow and mute people and just be done with it. And you don't have to ever have a conversation that you're like, I don't agree with you and let's figure out where we have common ground or just have a civil conversation. And that's where I was struggling with my business and with social media is like, I have my own unique opinions. They may change, they may mold. And just coming to terms with the fact that I need to be okay just showing up and having the opinions and having the beliefs and values that I have currently, they may change, they may not change. Let's have a conversation when we disagree and when we agree because that's how everybody is. You can't show up and just be like, I'm 100% perfect. And it's stupid to think that people are that way. And it's just like so, so prevalent. Um, in social media. So anyway, coming back to business, feeling like I'm getting my marketing messaging down a little bit better, working out content ideas that I'm excited about, tweaking my services to be more targeted towards business owners. And I'm just really excited about this next step and just showing up on social media, like taking the pressure off. It's just me (laughs) and, you know, having the good days and the bad days and not feeling like everyone's going to judge you and expect you to be the same person every single day. So anyway, that's me. (laughs) And uh, let's talk today about saving for retirement because as you work to grow your business, ensuring that hard-earned money that you're earning and profiting and paying yourself is going to fund future you is crucial. So join me for today's episode. We're going to break down the basics of saving for retirement. I'm going to give you different options based on like if you're just starting out, if you have a couple employees, if you have more than 100 employees and kind of breaking down the basics. Again, these podcast episodes would have to be like three hours long if I was going to cover every little nuanced um, component of financial things or retirement elements. So this is kind of just like a hit list of like, start here, here's A, B, and C. If If you're not currently saving for retirement, you don't know what your options are. As a business owner, it's super important. Um, But first, before we get into the meat of this episode, let's talk about my new service, which is called A Wealthy Weekend. So it's perfect for the new business owner who is just starting out. Either you are part-time working on your business, have a part-time job, or your business is kind of like your side hustle and you have a full-time job on top of that. And you're trying to kind of make that leap from part-time to full-time and figure out your financial. So during the Wealthy Weekend, we will spend a amazing chunk of time together, about six hours, getting all of your money sorted out. It's basically like a one and done, let's get it done over the weekend. Um, I will help you get everything organized, help you make income projections for the upcoming month, for the upcoming quarter, teach you some principles of personal finance and how to best manage your money in your personal life, in your business life, setting aside money for future business investments, because of course, as you're growing your business, Uh, you most likely will need to and want to start outsourcing some certain components if you want to get a business coach, if you want to get a copywriter, like whatever that person is next for you. 
put together a plan to start saving for that thing. And also that personal finance element of it that if you are making some money from your business right now and paying yourself, what do you do with that money and making sure it's working for you in your personal life as well. So check out the Wealthy Weekend if that's something that you're interested in. You can find it on my website, angelhatchie.com. It's also in the link in the show notes too. So let's hop into this episode. And I saw this recently, I can't remember where actually, on someone's social media where they were talking about kind of like the instant gratification that we have in today's society and people wanting to do like what's best for them now, like currently. And that's why it's hard for a lot of people to say no to themselves, to say, okay, I'm going to save for this ahead of time and then pay for it in cash. I'm just going to take out a car loan and be done with it and just pay the monthly and just doing like what feels good to you right now. And the argument was like, you're doing what's best for you, but you're only doing what's best for you in this moment, right? It's not the you in five years. It's not you in 30 years. It's only you today because there's always something new to invest in as you grow your business. We just talked about if you want to invest in a business coach or a mentor, a systems manager, somebody to outsource um, your content to, you've got a running list of like where you want to invest next. I argue the most important investment you'll make is in this future you. And of course, all of that investing in your business is essential for sustainable growth and is going to allow you to fund your dream life and buy a house and pay for your kid's college. But you're not building your business just to fund your here and now, right? Not just you today. We're looking at the long term here. Because I know that you don't only care about being able to fund outsourcing to a VA or paying for a business coach. You care about what your business is going to do for you in the future. Your business benefits your life now, and it also needs to continue to benefit you long-term. It's really easy to get caught up in what your next launch is. If you're staying on top of client work and you're also developing that work-life balance, we all have some difficulty establishing. And I really want to encourage you to look past the next quarter and look into the crystal ball of what that future you needs. I know, and I'm sure that you know, that she needs you to be responsible and manage your profits so you can continue to grow. About, I think it's 30%, I think the actual number is 29% of businesses go under because of cash flow and mismanagement of um, profits and money. They go under because of mismanagement. So managing your profits responsibly so that you can continue to grow and be a long-term sustainable business is really important. And beyond that, future you definitely needs you to regularly contribute to retirement so that you can not just show up well in your business and serve your clients and feel confident that your business is working as hard for you as you are for it, but that you have something that is a tangible asset and something for you to lean on um, in the future. So next up, we're going to talk about how to save, like the actual how to save for retirement, breaking down retirement accounts every entrepreneur needs, and discussing the differences between them. You're going to leave this episode knowing what all those fancy retirement acronyms are about, and you're going to have a direction to go depending on where your business is at currently and where you're headed. And I gave you, I also am going to give you places to start. So if you're like, okay, that's the retirement account I need. How do I open it? I'm also going to have that for you too. And I also want to preface this by saying like the process of opening and contributing to a retirement account doesn't need to be an overwhelming process. Most of the time it's super, super easy. And as you grow, obviously like 
there are maximum contributions for certain retirement accounts, which we will also get into. And there's a place to start and then there's a place to grow to. So we will talk about that too. Let's talk about all those different retirement accounts that are available to you as a business owner. We're going to break them down into categories, ones that are perfect for a sole proprietorship, an LLC, a business with independent contractors, and a business with employees. And because you are a business owner, you don't have a company to lean on to match retirement contributions. So you don't have access to a company's 401k, which means when it comes to saving for retirement, you are kind of on your own and you need to build your own strategy. So if you're working at like a bank or a corporate job or, you know, a lot of different companies or, and businesses have 401ks for their employees, you obviously do not have access to that because if you're self-employed, you got to create your own. So that's what we're talking about. That means saving for retirement is even more crucial for you because literally nobody else is going to contribute a dime for you. In other 401k situations, um, again, if you're in a corporate situation, there's usually a percentage percentage match, which means like you contribute X amount and your employer also contributes X amount. We don't have that going on if you are self-employed um, and a business owner yourself. So let's talk about if you are a sole proprietorship or an LLC. These are like the easy, easy ways to get started. You could literally open one today and be like, set and ready to go. It's the personal Roth IRA and it's the traditional IRA. Um, these are just individual retirement accounts. So uh, this is what I currently have. I just have like a regular Roth IRA account. And the maximum contribution you can make to either of these is $6,000 a year for 2021. Usually every year or every few years, that maximum contribution goes up because obviously like inflation, cost of living is going up too. So they try to bump it up um, every tax year so that you can contribute a little bit more each year. So this is perfect for business owners who are just starting out and you're not making like a ton of money left. It's a great way to like, you've paid your business expenses, you've paid your personal expenses, you've got a little bit of extra money left over and you can just pop it into a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. This is also great because it's the easiest way for self-employed people to just start saving and investing for retirement. There's no special requirements and you can use it whether or not you have employees. So let's talk about some of the benefits. Obviously, that's one of the reasons that people put money into an IRA account or invest it or save it for retirement. And one of the best things about it is that they're tax advantaged. So here's the main difference between a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA. For a Roth, which is what I currently have, when you take the money out in retirement, you don't have to pay taxes on that money. So as you're putting money in currently, like you're contributing every month or whatever it is, it's going in after tax. And when you pull it out, when you're an old person, you don't have to pay tax on that. So that's fantastic. For a traditional IRA, your contributions are tax deductible. So if you're putting that money in, you can take it out on your taxes, which is another great perk. And you contribute contribute to the traditional IRA pre-tax, which means when you take it out, when you're an old person, you will pay taxes on that money. So that's the difference basically is like, what happens to the money when you take it out when you're an old lady. If you are putting it in a Roth, you don't have to pay taxes on it. If you're putting it in traditional, you will have to pay taxes on it. The thinking is, and one of the benefits that I uh, took into consideration when I was deciding which one I wanted to contribute to was like a Roth IRA. Uh, I'm in a fairly regular tax bracket right now. Most people plan to be higher earners as they get older. And so the thinking is if you are paying the taxes on the money that you're contributing now, 
when you take it out as an old person, you're earning more money, you're in a higher tax bracket, you don't have to pay as much taxes on it. So there's just like the simple, easy explanation of which one is different. Most of the time, a Roth IRA is a good fit. Let's talk about where to open these accounts. Really easy, amazing place to get started. Where I started is a robo-advisor account. That's companies like Betterment, Wealthfront, Elvest. Your bank most likely has an option as well. And a robo-advisor is essentially allowing a computer algorithm to automatically buy, sell, and trade your holdings as the market shifts. With that robo-advisor account, all you do is deposit money. It's basically like a bank-to-bank transfer, like I just transfer from bank A to my robo-advisor account. And then you just tell the robo-advisor account your level of risk, your goals, how much you plan to retire with, how much you would like. And when you set up your account, that you give them that information. Like, okay, on a scale of one to 10, I'm like at a seven on the risk scale. Um, I think I'm going to need one point five million dollars for retirement and it will tell you like okay you're going to need to save this amount of money per month and contribute that much and then the robo advisor does the rest so you don't have to check on it you don't have to buy sell or trade anything on your own and when we go progress to this episode we're going to get to other retirement accounts where you will have to actually like go into an account sell certain things and buy other things and if you're just getting started that can be the intimidating aspect of saving for retirement. If you're like, I'm just dipping my toe into this, I'm not really sure how to get started. Uh, The robo-advisor is like the perfect way to start because it's like low risk for you and it doesn't take a lot of hands-on. So it's perfect for like the hands-off approach just to get started, transfer 20 bucks in there every once in a while, 50 bucks, whatever you have extra and just get started because getting started is the most important thing. Of course, if you know about compound interest at all, the earlier you get started, uh, the better for you because 20 bucks will compound into $200,000 if you keep contributing to it over a long enough timeline. Uh, So that first option is robo-advisor. Also my argument for why a robo-advisor is a great option is because essentially like if you do a brokerage account or you have somebody managing your money, uh, what is that stockbroker looking at to... (laughs) decide what to buy, sell, and trade, they're helping, they're being helped by uh, a computer algorithm as well. So it's basically just cutting out that extra person. uh, And that's like a very simplistic breakdown of it. Obviously, once you get to like a certain level, and this is my plan, like as I have more money sitting in my retirement account, I would like to transfer it to an actual like retirement portfolio manager to have that personal touch. But it's a great way to just get started and you can transfer and do like rollovers from there, but it's just the perfect, like no excuse thing. So beyond the robo advisor, other option is like an online brokerage account. So that would be stuff like our companies like Fidelity, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, JP Morgan, those kind of things. But a brokerage account are the ones that are more hands-on. So it allows you to buy and sell a variety of investments. You can buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, Whether you're setting aside money for the future or you're saving up for a big purchase, you can use the funds whenever and however you want. So let's talk about some of those pros and cons of a brokerage account. One of the pros is you don't have that contribution limit. So we talked about with IRAs, traditional or Roth, you can only contribute $6,000 a year maximum. With a brokerage account, it's any amount of money you want. 
you can also take out money anytime without any fees. So if you would withdraw early from something like an IRA, you have to pay penalty fees. With a brokerage account, you can save for a house using a brokerage account and earn more money on your money and then take it out without any penalties, which is a fantastic way to save for longer term stuff. Like if you're five to seven years away from saving for a house, that might be a great option. Instead of just saving like dollar per dollar, you can put it into a brokerage account if you have more experience or you want to hire somebody to be like um, a portfolio manager for you or pay one of those companies. Like I think Charles Schwab has like, it's called Intelligent Investor, I think. Um, and it's basically similar to a robo-advisor where it's a computer algorithm. But anyway, it's a great way to save for those because you'll earn returns on your money. So your money will be making money instead of just sitting in a bank account. Um, you have to claim capital gains as taxable income. So it's not tax advantage in the same sense like other retirement accounts are like those IRAs. Capital gains has been in the news of late and I think wrongly so. People have put out there that capital gains is only something that really wealthy people have to worry about. If you have a retirement account, any kind of retirement account, you are earning capital gains. It's essentially just money being earned on your money. So a lot of people have capital gains and those rises in capital gains taxes will affect a lot of Americans. So it's something to look into. If you have like a large amount of money, you're going to have to claim those capital gains as taxable income. So let's say you put money in and you earned like $5,000, you would have to claim those gains on your taxes um, as income. Another con is you obviously need to feel confident buying and selling on your own as typically there's no one to assist you. So for example, with a Charles Schwab brokerage account, you can choose between different types of accounts, like different levels basically. You can do it yourself, you can work with an advisor for a fee, or you can use a robo-advisor account. So it's kind of just like evaluating what level of um, like help or assistance or questions you're gonna need to ask. Uh, you'll need. And those are obviously different levels of. So to sum it up, traditional IRA, Roth IRA are fantastic ways to start. If you are just getting started in your business, if you're full-time, if you're part-time and you're making like a couple extra hundred bucks, a couple thousand bucks per month that you can contribute or just like extra money that you can throw into that account to get to that 6K a year, it's a great place to start. Robo-advisor or brokerage account are your two options. And obviously to open those, you can just go to those websites. Like if you want to open um, uh, IRA at Betterment, just go to Betterment. I think it's like a two to three day process. You just start an account, tell them what you're looking for, and they basically just like do a verification on you and then you're like ready to get started. So it's super easy. Um, <clears throat> now let's talk about a SEP IRA. That's S-E-P IRA, which stands for self-employed individual retirement account. This is great for business owners who are just starting out that don't have any employees or you have a couple employees, independent contractors. Now the maximum contribution for a SEP IRA is much higher. So um, it's around $57,000 for 2021, which as we just talked about is much higher than the $6,000 you can contribute to a regular IRA. So having this self employed individual is a lot better if you are a scaling business owner. If you're like, well, $6,000, I'm going to fill up pretty quickly. So I need something that's going to allow me to put away more money. 
Another great benefit beyond the fact that you can contribute more money is you can also deduct your contributions. So it's either the lesser of your contributions or 25% of your net self-employment earnings. So if you earn $100,000, you can contribute or you can deduct 25% of those net earnings um, from your taxes also. In terms of like, are you taxed before, after, when you take it out of retirement? So when you are ready to retire, you're at retirement age and you take that money out, you'll be taxed on that money. So again, if you're in that higher tax bracket, obviously that amount that you'll be paying is more money. Now, if you have employees, you have to contribute an equal percentage of salary for each eligible employee. And you are also counted as employee. So if you contribute 10% for yourself, you also have to contribute 10% of every eligible employee's compensation, which can sound a little scary, right? Because that's basically putting you in the position where you are, we talked about earlier, if you work at a corporate job, your corporation is putting in let's say 10% and you're putting in 10% or you're putting in whatever percentage for yourself, you're putting yourself in that position with a SEP IRA. However, if you do not have employees, this is a great little like way to just contribute more money and not have to contribute for employees also. But if you do and you want to, like obviously as I grow my business, I wasn't trying to sound like an asshole. If you are growing your business and I have employees like i would love to be able to contribute a certain percentage for them so that they can have um a match basically from me their employer so if that's your intention like as you grow this might be a great place for you to start rather than the traditional ira or the roth ira like if you just want to go for a sep ira and you can also contribute that larger amount right up to fifty seven thousand dollars so it's a great way to kind of grow into your retirement plan. So if you are just yourself right now, you can contribute more money, but you will be taxed when you take those distributions. And then as you start getting employees, you can also count yourself as an employee and the employer, and you will also have the option to contribute uh, a percentage for yourself and for your employees. Okay, so to open one of these, you're going to have to do it through an online broker. And it's pretty much the same process as we talked about before with the Roth traditional IRA, but there's just a little bit more paperwork involved. So it's a little bit more of a process, which is why when we were talking about the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA, I said you could literally open it today and you'd be like, good to go tomorrow by the end of the week, probably. So with a SEP Again, not intimidating, but there's just a little bit extra paperwork you have to do. So those online brokers we talked about is things like Fidelity, uh, JP Morgan, um, TD Ameritrade, those kind of things. So that's how you can open one of those. Now let's move on to a simple IRA. So that stands for Savings Incentive Match Plan for Employees, Individual Retirement Account, which is what IRA stands for. This simple IRA is great for bigger business owners and you can have up to 100 employees on here. Your max contributions for a simple IRA are up to $13,500 per year. The total of your contributions can't exceed $19,500 if you also contribute to an employer plan. Let's talk about the benefits. So if you are contributing, those contributions are tax deductible. Your contributions to employee accounts are also deductible as a business expense. So if you are giving 
whatever percentage to employees, you can deduct that from your uh, business expenses and taxable um, income as well. And in terms of like taxes, when you withdraw at retirement age, you start taking out money, you're going to be taxed on that as income. So for employees, unlike the SEP IRA, which is the one we talked about just before, the contribution burden isn't solely on you. Employees can also contribute through salary deferral. So again, this is great for bigger business owners. As you take on employees, up to 100 employees, your employees can also contribute and say like, take X amount of my salary um, and defer it to my retirement. Um, you as the employer are generally required to make either matching contributions to employee accounts of up to 3% of their com compensation or fixed contributions of 2% to every eligible employee. So choosing the 2% to every eligible employee means that the employee does not have to contribute. So if you choose that latter one where it's 2% to every eligible employee, you are just putting that amount in and the employee doesn't have to put a single dollar in to earn that 2% from you. So that's great. Again, bigger business owners, you can grow into the account. Like I've talked about before, if you start with like a Roth IRA and then you max it out and you have a lot more money that you can contribute, maybe you grow into that SEP IRA account and then you can contribute more amount of money. As you take on a couple employees, you can start contributing for them and they can start contributing. And then if you get big enough or you want to get big enough <laughs> that you have up to 100 employees and you're a big, bigger business owner, you can move into a simple IRA or just stay in a SEP IRA. Let's talk about the last option here, which is the solo 401k. This one is great and the option that I think I will grow into that I um, have been looking at and researching over the past few years. This is best for business owners without employees, but your spouse can be counted as an employee, which is great. You cannot contribute if you have employees. So perfect if you are just like just you or just you and your spouse um, working in the business, uh, you can't use this if you have any employees. So it's also best for people who want to save a bunch of money in certain periods of life, like when your business is doing really well and it's doing like less well in other years or you have high seasons and low seasons. It's great when you just have like a period of a year or two years or six months where you're just bringing in a bunch of money and you can stash it away um, in a solo 401k. So a benefit of this one is it works just like a regular employer-sponsored account. Your contributions are pre-tax, and you can start taking out money when you're 59 and a half. So because, again, your contributions are pre-tax, that means you're putting in $100 before you've paid taxes on it, which means when you take it out as an old person, you will be paying the applicable taxes on it, whatever tax bracket percentage you're in, you'll be paying that percentage on that money when you take it out. You can open this account at the same places as the other ones. You can open it at those online brokers, Fidelity, Vanguard, TD Ameritrade. And once you have $250,000 in your account, you will have to file paperwork with the IRS every year. So again, it's a great account that you can grow into as you're growing your business. Um, and then once you get to that $250,000 level, then you're going to have to do some paperwork with the IRS. Um, the max contributions are $57,000 per year or 100% of your earned income, whichever one is less is how much you can contribute every year. And that is basically like a roundup of the five best ways to save for retirement if you are a growing business owner. So 
you can start with the easy ones. If you don't have a retirement plan at all, if you're not contributing to anything, highly, highly, highly encourage you to open that Roth IRA, traditional IRA. Just log on to Elvest, E-L-L-E-V-E-S-T is a company uh, that I use and have used in the past and is great. You can use Wealthfront, Betterment, like there are so many different ones, or if you're more comfortable going through your bank, uh, most bigger banks have a robo-advisor retirement uh, Roth IRA, traditional IRA account also. And just start there and just make it like really easy on yourself. It doesn't need to be complicated. You don't have to learn about buying, selling, trading stocks. You don't need to keep tabs on the stock market every day. You can literally just like bank to bank transfer. Like I have seriously put before like $10 into my retirement account just when I have extra money and I'm doing like my weekly money check-ins and I'm like, well, I'm going to spend this money on coffee or I can spend it on future me and just put it in my retirement and it just makes it so easy. And they have an app like you just transfer 10 bucks, five bucks, whatever you can to your retirement account and just basically watch it pile up over the years. And it's fantastic. And then once you're maxing that out, like consistently as you're growing your business, then you can move on. You can always roll over Roth IRAs or traditional IRAs to those bigger accounts, or you can just like keep it and continue using it. So if you're using some of these in tandem, so here's also part of my plan. It's like I have my personal Roth IRA account. And once I'm consistently maxing that out at $6,000 a year, then I'm going to open one of these other accounts. Now, some of these you can use in tandem. So once you get to that level and you have like a good, great amount of money that you can contribute to retirement, you can keep multiple accounts. So let's say you have a solo 401k and you also have a Roth IRA. You can contribute to both of those each tax year. So let's say your solo 401k, you can contribute $57,000 and that's not your only option. So let's say you max that out and then you also have your Roth IRA. There's another 6,000 that you can kind of like cap it off for the year with. So you can use some of these in tandem with each other. You can't use all of them together. Like you can't use um, an IRA with an IRA. Like if you have a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA, you have two accounts, you can still only contribute $6,000. So you could put 3,000 in your Roth, you could put 3,000 in your traditional, and you can only still have 6,000 total for both of those. So something to think about as you continue to grow. But again, it's like, I think no excuse not to get started because it's so, so easy today. You don't need to like be a professional stockbroker. You don't need to read a ton of books and you can grow into these bigger, um, more complex retirement accounts that are for when you are scaling, when you start having employees, when you have independent contractors and you can move up to those things as you go. But again, a great way to get started if you're part-time, if you're full-time in your business and you've got like some extra profits to work with, um, just open up that Roth IRA, open up that traditional IRA and get started because you will thank yourself as you see that money grow every single month. Okay. So if you have questions, further questions about this, I know it can be a confusing world of like retirement accounts, especially as a business owner, because you're like, well, shit, I don't have a 401k to contribute to. And I don't have matches from my employer to kind of lean on. And you have to build your kind of retirement plan yourself. Um, I know it can be a confusing place to navigate and I will help you with whatever questions you have. If I can answer it again, I'm like not a certified retirement planner. This is just like general advice, giving you information on where to get started so you can make it less intimidating. Um, I'm also getting my CFP, which is Certified Financial Planner. So in the future, um, I plan on being a certified retirement planner. So uh, my hope is that I can help with this stuff. And this is just meant to be like information in the meantime for you to get started, to not feel so overwhelmed and just like dip your toe in because saving for retirement now 
even I swear to God, even if it's only $5, will compound on top of each other because you're earning like 7% returns, 8%, 10%. Like historically, um, I think it's like 8 to 10% is like the historic average returns, which is amazing. Like you can't get that return on really anything else except for maybe real estate, <laughs> um, especially probably real estate today. So I hope that that was helpful. If you have further questions about something, if you're like, I'm confused or that was a confusing way to put it, I tried to make it as clear and like as simple as possible. But if you have other questions, please hang out with me on Instagram. Send me your questions. Say like, hey, I listened to this episode. Can you talk to me more about this? I'm happy to answer that. And again, I always say like, it's great to carry on the conversation of a podcast with another person because right now I'm just talking to myself, like staring at myself in my computer screen. And it's great to actually continue the conversation with people and answer questions and um, have an actual conversation about. So feel free to join me over there. Instagram, it's at Angela Hatchie, same name where you can find me everywhere. And then to cap off this episode, let's again revisit Wealthy Weekends. It's the perfect thing if you are growing and scaling and you just need to get your money sorted out. So I help people figure out like, what money is coming in in the coming months, what like number payment plans people are on. Like if you have invoices going out, if someone's like on payment number five out of 10 payments or something, and you're not keeping track of that information, it's really hard to plan for the future and like what you can do with your money in your business and what you can do with your money in your personal life. And we will just get everything organized and streamlined. So you know what your business expenses are, you know what your personal expenses are, and you know what to do once you pay yourself. And I always provide and go through like the personal finance principles, like here's what to tackle first, put together a plan for the next like six or so months. Usually it's more, usually do like six to eight months with people so that they can see their overall plan. We will talk about like if you need to pay off debt, if you want to start saving for a house and how to factor that into your budget. And if you're paying yourself from your business, how to make that happen, how to put together safety nets for yourself, for your family. Um, if you're trying to make that leap from part-time to full-time in your business and you are growing, safety nets are always fantastic. So you're not feeling like super stressed about making a sale or going into debt and all that good stuff that helps you show up in your business even better. So if you would like to learn more about a wealthy weekend, you have questions about it, you can always ask me on Instagram. You can always send me an email. All my contact information is in the show notes for all of these episodes. And you can always go to my website and read like I'm very thorough with my sales pages and try to include all the information because that's what kind of person I am when I'm uh, looking at investing in something. I want to know every single little detail. So that's on my website too, AngelaHatchie.com. And you can scroll through and find Wealthy Weekend. It's right there when you open the page. And I would love to work with you because it's really like, I know how frustrating and complicated um, and kind of discouraging it can be to have to manage your finances and be worried about growing your business and what that money's going to cover and all that um, really frustrating stuff. So I'd love to help you with that. Get set on a financial foundation that's really solid for you and your business and your personal life. Um, that would be fantastic. So let me know if you have questions, if you want one of those spots and we'll make it happen. Okay. And also to close this out, the next episode I mentioned, I think in the previous episode that I'm going to be doing an episode every other week. So this week is the first week of July. So mid-July is coming another episode, which is all about the Federal Reserve. We talked about it a little bit on Instagram. I had some conversations with people. It was very interesting. And honestly, like the Federal Reserve is a wild, wild, wild thing. And I did so much research on this episode, like hours and hours of research. I read books about it. Like it's absolutely crazy. And like one of the bigger, bigger and biggest 
institutions in the United States and in the world that has a huge, huge impact on like your life, your community, your state, your country, and also the global economy and like global policies. And the average person doesn't really know anything about it. And they have like, they've got their hand in everything. And so if you are like, what is the Fed? Or how does it affect my life? And how I buy a house and, you know, policies and everything, we are going to be going like way, way, way in depth mid-July. So come definitely check out that next episode. It's going to be very interesting, enlightening, I hope, um, and give you a good, like very simple understanding of what the Fed does and how it affects your life. And also some crazy things that they do as well. So join me for that episode uh, mid-July. And thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next one.